We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. Call now, leave a message. They'll get back to you at 905-529-7165. And check out their website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. Andy and Don, all one word. There you can listen to old archive shows and ask a question via the listener inquiry button. Good morning, gentlemen. Good to see you all. Hey, good morning, Scott. Scott. Good to see you. Enjoying Thanks. 2020 so far? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. It's been yeah. great. Uh, this has been in the non-winter so far. Yeah, yeah right. no kidding. <laughs> many I think pe- that might change, though. Many mm-hmm. people uh, talk about resolutions this time of year. Uh, it, would people in in your business, uh, customers specifically, be saying, you know what, this might be the year I'm retiring? Yeah. This is the year I'm shutting it down. Does, yes. that start, uh, does that chatter start in January? You and that person and 9.2 million in the country. Yeah. Of the baby boomers will be in retirement between now and 2030, which is only the next decade. Mm-hmm. So 9.2 million people. Now, I guess that's just a lot of money. That's a yeah. lot of people. Yeah. You know, and uh, as, a, as a percentage of the workforce, you got to think that's going to leave a big dent. Now, that again means they're reached retirement age. doesn't mean they're going to retire. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be one of the big things of do I keep working or what do I do? Mm-hmm. And retirement uh, is changed uh, drastically. And they're the whole way people look in retirement these days. Um, I remember when we had our uh, our doctor in, mm-hmm. uh, and he talked about being refocused, yeah. not retired. Yeah. yeah. And uh, certainly that's that's another word. But there's a whole lot of words, and basically just change a direction, change a life. It's it's another two, maybe three decades of your life. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with them? So what we Andy and I want to talk about today, or part of our our session today, is the five steps to an awesome retirement. And interesting enough. Part of this came out of a magazine we both read um, over the course of the last couple of weeks and had some really good tips. And we're going to go on top of those and, and elaborate a little a little bit further on those. But the, the first one is just what we're saying. It's a whole new phase. It's redirection or refocusment, if you will, rather than simply retirement. Mm-hmm. And you got to change the wording of it because retirement, you know, it still gives you that old sense of, okay, on the rocking chair, on the porch, and uh, kind of waiting for your time. Well, when people, I, and again, I do this frequently because, uh, you know, we have a lot of clients that are getting older, so I'm checking the obituaries. And on, the, on Saturday, I looked at just how many people were living, say, past 80. And I would suggest, oh, three quarters, maybe more. Mm-hmm. Oh, more than that, actually. It was more like 80%. In fact, there was a couple over 100. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. In fact, there was less under uh, between 60 and 70 than over 100 yeah, <laughs> okay yeah. mm-hmm. there's two there's only one i think that was between the 60 and 70 age well, and centurions are supposed to be the biggest segment the growing right. segment of uh, the demographic right and those and, over 100 and if you said okay i'm going to live to 100 as an example and all of a sudden you've got 35 years from 65 to 100 and of those let's hope maybe 30 of them are in great you know you're in good mm-hmm. health mm-hmm. what are you going to do you know, you look at earlier, your schooling is very regimented. Yeah. Okay, you show up and sort of start at age four and you're done at, say, age 21 or 22. And you've got this strategy of what you're going to do. And you haven't really a lot of choice other than, say, post-secondary. Mm-hmm. And then you get a job. And it's very regimented. But all of a sudden, you get freedom. And that's scary. Yeah. And what do you do with this freedom? Freedom costs money. It can, absolutely. <laughs> or freedom can make you money. Yeah. Depends how you turn that around. So what do we do with this freedom? And... We look at redirection. 
And, you know, when you think about that freedom, all of a sudden, the, the, what you don't want to end up doing is just stretching out everything so it takes longer. Yeah. <laughs> yes, good point. <laughs> because uh, you can easily rationalize, well, I'm going to a doctor's appointment at four o'clock today. Well, there's my day. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll just hang out until Isn't I have to Isn't that the leave. truth, though? Yeah, I mean, it's I so true. I talked to my mother. Uh, what are you doing? I got a doctor's appointment. Well, what else are you doing? Oh, that'll take me all day. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's a really slow waiting room. But yeah. generally speaking, it is amazing how little you can do and fill up a lot of time. Mm, yeah. But when you're working, yeah. those same things might have taken you like 15 minutes, but yeah. because you had no choice, you had to get yeah. somewhere. Yeah. I think what, you know, everybody, almost everybody has some kind of passion or, um, or hobby or skill mm-hmm. that they, that they're interested in and motivated in. And when you think about a passion or something and anything that's sort of worthwhile like that, you're passionate about it. It obviously takes a, it means a lot to you and yeah. it's worthwhile uh, exploring that and continuing to maybe expand that into retirement. So as you're planning for your own retirement, and it's not too soon to start five years out to begin the discussions because it's going to evolve. And you might decide, you know what, you, today, five years from now, oh, we're going to be in Florida or Arizona for three months of the winter for sure. Well, then you realize uh, as you get closer that, well, now you've got two grandkids that live here and uh, mm-hmm. you're not ready to leave them for three months in the winter. So right. plans are going to evolve and plans are going to change. But think about your passions, think about your hobbies. And, and I was just reflecting on this article myself and, and uh, some exact client situations that have gone through this. And so one of them was uh, painting. And in fact, the person just started off simple, like a few years ago with, um, those painting parties where you, you're in a group and you're Mm -hmm. doing, just learning some things to then taking a class and then some uh, additional study to now, um, spending every week doing some painting and exploring that. Another was writing and somebody who was uh, gifted, it was actually a lawyer who had retired, who was used to writing, you Mm -hmm. know, whether it was, um, letters to clients, letters to legal, legalese, and now took that skill to start to write books, sort of like chicken soup for the soul kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And. And, um, and the third one, which was interesting, was uh, beekeeping. Huh. Wow. Now this is just yeah. a seasonal thing, yeah. right? Yes. It's over the summer. But the, fu- the funny thing is that once you get, once you harvest all the honey, then you have a whole process of how you cure it and how yeah. you bottle it and then labeling it and all of the artistic mm. part around that as well. So, you know, we, we all are unique. We all have interesting passions and habits. And so retirement becomes that opportunity to say, how can I think about expanding this? What else could I be doing in terms of enriching my, my habits and passions? How many people, and to what you guys are talking about, retirement, what do you do next? How, how many people actually don't really retire or, or don't go on the cruise and the travel, but decide I'm going to take a different career direction. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, I'm thinking the painter yeah. who eventually starts selling the paintings, the beekeeper who eventually starts selling That's the right. honey. That's I right. mean, does that, have you, have you had people that say I'm going to retire but I'm going to pursue this passion and, but it's a job. It turns into money. Yeah, it, turns it turns into, into that a job. Time. And that may not have been at the thought process yeah. at the outset. It'd be, it was sort of just, as you say, a passion and a hobby, but all of a sudden you realize there's a financial end to this that yeah. I could actually turn this into a bit of a profit, depending on how serious I sure. want to get about this. Yeah. And uh, you're right. That in some people, it might be a second career or a third career. Yeah. And um, I always wanted to do this. I know. No, I mean, obviously not too extensive. But, exactly. You know. Exactly. So I think learning is another big get 
area. So, you know, you've got a lot of time ahead of you. And um, later on, I'm going to talk about RRSPs and one of the strategies you can use an RRSP for your learning at age 60 or over. And uh, tuitions are reduced at age 65 at mm. universities as well. So, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So wow. you, you can, uh, you know, it, it learning is something that, um, it, you know, a, it keeps your brain sharp and keeps you sure. keeps you going, but it also introduces you to more people and its social connections yeah, as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and of course, this is all on the basis that you had a good financial plan. In the a first solid, but rock solid, okay. <laughs> rock solid plan. Because <laughs> you've got a rock solid financial plan that gave you this opportunity. No plan, no fun. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> so this is that stage we work very diligently for many years to get our clients too. But now it's like, okay, that's the financial part of it. Now what? And this is a real big crossroads. And as Andy mentioned, going to school is a big one. Now, I did not know you get a discount at 65, which begs to me, if you've got a great financial plan, I don't know too many 20, 18-year-olds have a good financial plan. Mm. Hopefully their parents did to get them through school. Okay. But, um, you know. I'm spending your university (laughs) money on me. Is that okay, son? (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't quite work that well too well anyway. Did the RSP work for me? (laughs) (laughs) You're too old, Scott. Okay. You're too old. But um, again, even becoming an expert on your hobby. Okay, there's a lot of college yes. courses. For example, uh, photography. Mm-hmm. Okay, or writing skills, as Andy mentioned. I know uh, some, and there's art classes. Like, if you're going to, you know, do- dive into it, go big. Yeah. Because this is not, this isn't like, oh, I have to go to school now. Mm-hmm. This is like, I can't wait to go to school because I am so, this is my passion. I'm so enthralled about this. I, I want to find out more how this works. And now you, you create better um, whether it's photography or written or, you know, that artistic side of you, it could be so many things. You know, even if it's a mechanic or a small business or, uh, say, mm-hmm. small engine shop mm-hmm. um, or learning the, uh, you know, the solar side of things these days. There's so many different areas. And you know what? It's kind of thinking back to when you're 14 years old and you said, okay, yeah. what are all those things I wish I yeah. could have done? But, I, you know, I got a kind of a real job per se. Yeah. But now I want to go back and maybe you're not 14 anymore, of course, but you may have some of those same, same passions that you had. I always wanted an old Mustang. Oh, there you <laughs> go. At 14. Yeah. yeah. Actually, it was a Camaro. I'm not thinking back Wait to Wait a little longer, times, I'll right? sell you one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So I, I, I look at this and I say, okay, why don't you split up your your goals because we're very goal-oriented. And these people that are, you know, generally speaking, got their planning in order had to be goal-oriented in the first place. They didn't generally get there by luck. Yeah. So why do they expect all of a sudden retirement to be kind of a lucky transition yeah. into things they want to do? There's always that honeymoon stage. No problem. Everybody kind of looks forward to the honeymoon stage, mm-hmm. but there isn't a whole lot of people that know what to do after that or even look forward to after that honeymoon stage is over. Mm-hmm. So I kind of split it up into three, almost like a, a pie. And I say, okay, if you were to look at your pie and say, okay, there's my business goals. Well, you may have been doing that all your life. Well, maybe you don't have business anymore. Maybe you just get rid of that part of your pie. Or maybe you start a side business as we just talked about. There's your, your own personal goals, and they may be a fitness goal. And honestly, I, I can't stress that enough. Um, um, if you're going to be you know, in retirement for a long time, health is obviously yeah. still number one. Yeah. And all those passions go out the window without good health. So keeping your body fit in good shape makes a big difference for mm. mobility. And, uh, and of course, also the keeping that noodle sharp, yeah. you know, keeping, in, uh, keeping engaged in things. So you can put down things such as fitness, your golf handicap, see friends more, um, join certain clubs perhaps, so you'll make new friends. Um, and then there's the family side of things. 
Are you going to maybe perhaps help out in the kids, um, your grandkids are RESPs? Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe that's a goal of yours. Or just um, take a family trip with them. Maybe that may be a family goal. Or even just see them more often. So all these things is all part of that um, stage, you know, one of, the, one of the five is redirection or refocus. Um, number two, it's more than just money. And mm. we've kind of touched on that already. But it's absolutely incredible how many people spend more time planning a vacation than planning their next phase of retirement? Hmm. Okay. They will literally go through every magazine. And this is, as Annie mentioned, we should be chewing this five years out. Yeah. So don't just all of a sudden, okay, you know what? Wow, I guess I can retire. Let's get that. And I got enough money. The bells just went off. I have enough money. I got yeah. the cash flow. My financial planner says I'm good. Bingo, I'm out. Well, that's a big, all of a sudden you'll find out quite soon enough that you've turned off a lot of switches by retiring. Yeah. Well, that's the big thing, right? Because you're in, when you're in those final uh, year or years of, of planning for the actual retirement, you're focusing on the money. No. You're focusing on that rock solid yeah. plan. Survival. I got the money. Survival. And you forget about, well, wait a second, what's my actual transition plan going to be? What yeah. am I actually going to do yeah. now that I'm in retirement? So don't just focus on the money. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. Call now, leave a message. They will get back to you at 905-529-7165. And check out their website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. We're coming right back. We are planning our financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. Call now, leave a message. They will get back to you at 905-529-7165 and check out the website at andyanddon.com. We're talking about the steps needed before retirement. Yes, and as we just uh, talked about, uh, step one was it's a new phase, uh, redirection or refocusment, if you will. Um, number two, it's more than just the money. And we talked about uh, you know planning for that vacation and how little people spend planning for those plan the money side of retirement but it's the other part of retirement what do i do and it's really reinventing your identity your own identity Mm. because you think about it when you go to work there may be a lot of your your social structure is based about around those work people you have lunch together maybe get together and sometimes in the evening some have been close friends and maybe even the weekends and and it's still a lot of conversations about work and about what's going on in work so you definitely have to change that um, purpose to the point that you know you're successful when people actually forgot what you did for a living before that's great. Yeah, okay. When that'd they, be nice. Five years later, they think, oh, what did you actually do? <laughs> and you got so many new friends and yeah. it says, oh, that's how you made your money. Oh, that's how you retired, et cetera. So, and I've, and I've had those conversations with people and say, oh, wow, you're kidding. You're, you did that? I didn't know that. And so, you know, in the best place to start in terms of what should you do, it's often not asking yourself that question. It's going asking your friends and family. Because they might see something in you that you don't even see yourself. Mm, that's interesting. Okay, so if you're very, if you love this or they think you're very engaged in this, in fact, to be honest, I didn't know the financial planning industry was even a position. 
It was, it was three friends that came to me and says, Don, you'd be perfect for this right. industry. That's funny. And I wasn't even looking at that. I yeah. didn't even know that was a, a position available. An option, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so sure enough, I end up applying. And uh, 34 years later, I'm talking to you people right now. There so here we are. <laughs> Did you anticipate you'd be doing a radio show about financial planning? Uh, not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but kind of roll with it. Um, but what brings meaning to your life? And again, it's being very introspective perspective at this stage of your life, trying to find what does that perfect day look like? Mm-hmm. And again, uh, while you're working, it's a very different day. You know, you get up, you don't hit any traffic jams and, you know, you get to where people will say, oh, do you, you want to go for coffee? It's a totally different day. Now you're retired. Okay, now what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I got a shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. you get that done about five o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, <laughs> yes. Maybe you don't have to shower. Yeah. Maybe and that's, that's a right. problem too. <laughs> yes. So it's creating yeah. that long-term vision. And people look forward to that, like I said, that, that honeymoon stage, but it's that long-term giving back, feeling that you're still valuable. Because 20, 30 years is an awfully long time. That's a whole another phase of your life. And and yeah. certainly we hope it's going to be that long. So we're, and you know, we're not just talking about those people, if you're as a listener right now, if you're already retired, then this is also a good opportunity to kind of reflect on where you're at in the retirement mm-hmm. phase. And um, <clears throat> we were talking a little bit, I think before the last break about re- going back to your youth, like what, what were you passionate about mm-hmm. when you were 14 or 15 years old? Mm-hmm. And um, as I was thinking about this piece, I was re- reminded of a, of a client who, um, had said, you know what, they, they had learned to play guitar when they were young. Mm-hmm. And not a lot, like they yeah. had taken lessons and it was uh, something that they were really interested in, but life got in the way and school and university and then kids and everything else. So one of the things that they did after retirement yeah. was go back and start taking guitar lessons. Yeah, and then that, yeah. what that actually ended up being was now they have a small band. Okay. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> and yeah. they think they're great, but <laughs> <laughs> can we do your Christmas, pl- uh, your Christmas party? We'll come over. <laughs> well, I think we're booked. <laughs> you get what you pay for. Yeah. You get what you pay for. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, you know, those are the things, if you're already retired, maybe just take a t- take some time and think back, wow, what did I really used to be really interested in when I was young, when I was mm. a teenager? And maybe there's something I can uh, revisit now today. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. why not? And then uh, once you've got all this done, you think, okay, do I really need this house anymore? Three bedrooms, four bedrooms, big kitchen, lots of yard work. Hmm. But on the other side, I, I don't want to know about downsizing because I got so much stuff. Yeah. And eventually you have to make that move. Yeah. It has to happen sometime or later, mm-hmm. okay, whether you're forced to or not. Mm-hmm. Um, other, other than that, perhaps you hire a lot of people. But if the house is that much larger than you need, it, why not do it when you're you know, health, healthy, able? And it's, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. Because like I said, I look at some of the clients I've had over the years, after 34 years, I've seen them come from that four bedroom, two story house to a bungalow, Mm -hmm. to a senior living area, to now kind of assisted living. And some piece of their belongings keeps making on every move. Yeah. Okay. But others don't. (laughs) And it's finding about, okay, how do I, what do I decide and what do I, uh, how do I break this up? So one person actually told me, he says, well, create three piles. The, one, the first pile is what you're going to take to the next place. The next pile is what are you going to donate or give to f- friends or family? Mm-hmm. Okay, and whether they want it or not, perhaps that. And finally, the last pile is what are you going to throw out? Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of uh, interesting places that will take things such in, like books, toys, clothing, yep. accessories, could go to a theater. 
mm-hmm. or daycares or schools or libraries. Yep. There's lots of places that want this, but you got to do a little work. Yeah. A lot of charities collect them and then resell them yes. and use the money. Yeah. Yes. And yes. there's some um, online charities will s- go through, okay, is there yeah. anything value in donating any of this? Mm-hmm. And you can get a charitable tax receipt for that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it could help on the other side. But it does take time. So if you kind of do a spur of the moment downsize, okay, just put the house up for sale. And no one wants to do it when they have to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, and again, as I was reflecting on this this piece number three, to, uh, upside to downsizing. Um, I just had a meeting last week with a client who's eighty, and they're still in their original home or their mm-hmm. home that they've lived in all these yeah. years. But la- in the fall, uh, the husband transitioned to long term care facility. Mm-hmm. So now. Um, the wife's at home and doesn't need this big house, can't take care of it, and it's now having mobility problems and there's mm-hmm. lots of stairs. So yeah. it's time to sell. Uh, but the overwhelming part of it is what do you do with the stuff? Yeah. And I'll give you a simple example. It was um, uh, all of his degrees and certificates. He was a, a very um, a successful businessman who had, had a lot of certificates and degrees from various um, uh, educational institutions. They're all on the walls in his office. So do you keep them? Do you get rid of them? How do you do it? The emotional connection yeah, to some of this tough, stuff yeah. is yeah. really big. Part. So, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, and the other interesting thing that Don just said about donating is uh, is great too. Now, people can sell stuff, right? You could do mm-hmm. a Kijiji or try sure. and sell stuff. When you're 80, I mean, that might be uncomfortable. Yeah. But if you're still vital and you're, you know, you can handle the, the, the moving the things around and getting that, yeah. that's a good idea. But the other interesting story I heard was that a client who had downsized and a lot of their pieces, um, in addition to other people, had gone to the church. And there was a woman at the church who was excellent at doing things like Kijiji and actually raised raised $10,000 for the church from the sale of items that people had donated that Mm. they didn't really want anymore, but were still usable and could be resold. Great idea. And I I look at uh, perhaps your son or grandson wouldn't mind having a part-time job. Mm-hmm. It's not his stuff to sell, but maybe he gets a commission. So whatever you sell it for, you oh, get half. I'm trying to bribe my kids to do that. <laughs> like set up an account, get this stuff moving. Yes. So <laughs> it, it, you got, got more free, coming in. We need to make room. Yeah. yeah. You have free inventory. Yes. And you're getting 50% commission. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's get rid of this stuff. And I was an entrepreneur that when I was young. They're not that I would have motivated. jumped all over that. Why are they not? I don't know. And uh, this is- uh, Don, come speak to my kids. Andy, you too. <laughs> You've got old stuff. Who's going to want it? Who's going to want yeah. that? Well, those uh, record players are back That's again, right. so you never know. But What do you mean, those old Disney posters that were mounted for Ooh, framing? Wow. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Somebody wants that. So many things. And, and again, then you also have to look at, okay, you may have been a, uh, really good at tools or gardening and so forth before, and they take up a lot of space. You have to get rid of the table saw yeah. and the drill press? Jeez. <laughs> Exactly. Well, <laughs> maybe you do get rid of these. You guys are living my life here. I mean, honestly, are you peeking? What I have had one client, and they literally took their favorite piece that they built themselves, and it has moved now three times. Yeah. And it reminds them of all the things That's that they cool. built. Yeah, sure. And it's fantastic. It's actually done without any screws or mm. any metal, and it's 100% wood and all dovetailed, and it's yeah, a beautiful nice. piece. So they got rid of all the tools. They got rid of all the wow. tools. Kept mm. one piece. And just Perfect. kept this one piece, just kind of say, look oh, what I- That's a downsizing. That's a five-star yeah. downsizing. That was fantastic. <laughs> that is. Fantastic. That's an award winner right <laughs> but there. At the end of the day, the analogy they made, though, is the car's rearview mirror is small since that it's not where we're going. And that is why the windshield, the front windshield, windshield is so large because wow. that is where we're going. Jeez. So that's I know very, that's pretty that's, deep. Wow. That is very deep. <laughs> wow. But exactly. think of it that way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number four. 
The bucket list. Yes. Okay, now we're getting into the fun stuff. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> Did you know that seven out of 10 boomers have a travel bucket list? Seven out of 10? Mm. I thought it would be higher, Yeah. yeah. to be honest. but um, Now, what makes it an actual bucket list? You have to write it down. You have to actually make plans over and above. You know, I wish I could do this one. Day. I think the question was asked of the survey, do you have a bucket yeah, list for right. tra- upcoming travel, mm. uh, big travel? And, um, you know, so obviously it's all over the map for everybody. But um, there is a website called Bucket BoomersBucketListTravel.com. Well, of course there is. BoomersBucketListTravel.com. Oh, yes. <laughs> wow. It is that, a uh, very You can good go site. and explore. <laughs> I, did you check that site? I did not. So, oh, I did. I thought you were going to, I thought you would have checked the RVingNow.com. Yeah. The RVingNow.com. Well, you, know, well, you, you could check that. Maybe you check that bucket yeah, list. Yeah, that's already off. checked. That's right. That's <laughs> but already there's lots gone. to go visit. Um, but yeah, on that site, it has literally What's in that? alphabetical order. BoomerBucketListTravel.com. Boomers, okay. I think with an S. BoomersBucketList.com. BoomersBucketListTravel.com. Right. It is super, yeah, it's okay. But it is amazing. All in alphabetical, or, alphabetical order, starting with like apartment rentals, astronomy, like boat safaris. I'm just going a few of them here. Coffee tasting. You can go on a coffee tasting tour. Now, I'm going to guess it's somewhere Isn't pretty that Tim cool. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that, you don't leave Hamilton. You see a lot of old people doing that already. <laughs> um, Tick that off. <laughs> you can go dog friendly, which is very important these days. Um, glacier treks, gorilla viewing, mountain biking, rail, railway tr- um, trips, which are kind of mm, cool. Yeah. Um, sea kayaking, spiritual journeys, white water riding. And this one I think Andy might like is the yacht charter. There you go. And it's, uh, and again, there's everything in between from A to A to Z on different things that there's excursions for. And I said, what a great website. So again, that's boomersbucketlisttravel.com. Aren't those all so those river list. cruises about that? Isn't that those are in the <laughs> list yeah, they too. have to be, right? They, I think that's part of it, yeah, right? Because yeah. uh, maybe you're doing it with your spouse or partner or maybe with a group of friends. So yeah, there's all yeah. kinds of uh, things. But, um, <clears> but again, yeah. it's it's, you don't have any things tying you down like why not go away for six months somewhere Mm -hmm. okay i know that you have uh, some medical insurance issues perhaps um being away from ontario or canada has to watch the house for six months um again going back to the downsizing might make sense but uh you know i find more reasons people have for not doing things Mm. oh my dog my this and i think okay yeah you're gonna you're gonna regret all these reasons because your health could change and you won't be able to do it so here's your chance and why don't you say, I'm going to hit all the national parks. I'm going to do something. But again, it's putting down that list. Mm-hmm. And then you can start checking it off. Yeah. And it's fun. So again, you didn't get to the stage just so you can sit there on the step and say, okay, perfect. I made it. Yeah. Well, you know and, yeah, yeah. I mean, the bucket list is is a is an important thing. And, and, and reflecting back on that story I was sharing earlier about the woman who's 80 and her husband's in long-term care. And I asked her, I said, you know, you, both of you have done well financially. You have um, a a net worth of around $4 million. You're 80 years old now. You're never going to spend that. Uh, And she recognizes that. And I said, looking back on it today, if you knew you were going to have this much money at this stage in your life, would you have done anything differently or spent more of it while you were younger? And uh, she said, I would have in a heartbeat. I would have traveled more problem was my spouse didn't like traveling so that was never part of our bucket list and now that she might have a window to be able to do that um she's struggling with guilt about doing it and also her mobility so now it's too late so the one thing i would say on the bucket list is plan your adventure stuff early in other words if you think about a river cruise that's something you could do if you did have mobility issues Mm -hmm. because they're very accommodating if, if you even were in a wheelchair walker cane 
you can do that. You're not going to be trekking in the Andes or yeah, uh, yeah. going to, um, um, uh, you know, someplace in, yeah. in, in a kayak or, right. or things Close. like that. Zip line. So many zip, zip line. Well, actually, that was the Z, by the way. <laughs> yeah. That was it. <laughs> so think about the next decade, your first decade of retirement, and plan those things that are going to be more physically demanding, and then leave those other things that might be a little less demanding on your body for the next decade. Yes. And, uh, you know, another thing that, and you talked about the partner and the spouse that didn't mm-hmm. want to travel, what have you, uh, do you find at this age as well? Uh, well, I, I'm sure it would be any time after the kids start to leave the house that a couple will look at each other and think, do I want to spend that mm. period, that next 30 years with them? This person wants to do this. This person wants well, to do that. That's a whole nother show. Yeah. That's and, a, and, the divorce they, rate at that they, stage is actually pretty high. They say that it's quite high at that yes, age for that reason. People see this. It's like, I don't, you know, with the kids and raising the family, that's one thing. But at this stage of my life, I've had enough. I want to change direction. And it you, doesn't you, have to get to that because I, there is ways <laughs> around it. And I have had clients, um, yeah. they say, okay, my, my spouse doesn't want to travel. Mm-hmm. And what they've ended up doing is they're taking their kids yeah, traveling yeah, yeah well they're yeah, gonna pay yeah. for another or person anyway yep, yep. they said why don't i take my son or my daughter or my grandson mm-hmm. and we're gonna do a week here a week there yeah mm-hmm. and now and you don't have to worry about the dog and there's someone to sit the house and just yeah. fantastic experience Spouses for both at home. yeah and everybody's happy yeah the, the wife or her husband's at home where they wanted to be in the first place <laughs> and the other one's out traveling with a family member having yeah. experiences that they can't do another time so it's a great solution i've seen it a number of times now yeah. within my own client base yeah for sure. So it's uh, a vacation for both. It is really. Yeah, yeah. And then they actually have something to talk about when they get together again. That's a good point too. Yeah. Well, we've got one more to talk about. Yes. But I just and last thing I would say on the bucket list is just uh, it's a trial and error thing too because you might throw out some ideas. Mm-hmm. I'll call it. We'll throw out some balloons about some, something you might want to do, like a zip lining. Mm-hmm. And uh, your spouse might go, "Well, I will put that number four on my list." So you know, it, it, it trial yeah. and error is part of this phase as well. Mm. And, and finally, number five is retire without regrets. You know, it comes down to uh, build up that new um, network of friends. It's absolutely incredible how many people are are like-minded people you can find through, say, book clubs or Mm. euchre clubs, which uh, my son and I just played a a six-week jaunt every Monday, and it's really interesting. Met a whole bunch of new people. Cycling clubs. There's so many different clubs, and they all are great people, and they all share a certain passion. Um, Keep learning. Never yeah. stop learning. Yeah. Just because you retire, it's like just starting. Especially with technology too, because so oh. many seniors are getting in and embracing technology mm-hmm. now, and that's a great way to keep up with other family members. Uh, absolutely. And one thing I was just thinking about too is is the um, is don't be afraid to tell people that you're retired, because a lot of times we've heard that people say, you know, I'm uncomfortable saying mm-hmm. that because. But if you reframe it and guilt? think it's it's actually a privilege yeah. to be retired, because that means you had a rock solid financial plan, mm-hmm. yes. and now you're uh, mm-hmm. enjoying the fruits of all that hard labor. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call now and leave a message at 905-529-7165. And don't forget about the website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. Going to take a quick break here. We're coming right back. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. Call now, leave a message. They will return your call at 905-529-7165. We're talking about retirement and RRSPs being the biggest bang for your buck, I guess. It it is. I just want to review some of the things around RRSPs. We're in that season. It's January, February. This is a leap year. Yeah. And what does that mean with, it, with respect to your RRSP deadline? I think you get an extra day. Do we you do. Know? It flips, yeah, to, it flips to, March. to March 2nd. Monday, March 2nd, right. 2020 will be the deadline for your RRSP contribution. So 
in terms of the bang for your buck, you know, the biggest thing you think about in RSPs is the, the money inside these is growing tax sheltered, right? No tax on any of the earnings and it's compounding tax free inside that as well until you take it out. And so the power of compounding tax free and the tax free growth is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. So just to give you an idea, um, if you were 40 years old today and you said, you know what, I've got to get back on track. I'm going to start saving a thousand a month for my RRSP. And I'm going to do that till age 65. I'm going to do it for 25 years and I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to go into a, um, an aggressive portfolio and my goal is to get 8%. So over that, over the next 25 years, you will have put in 300 grand mm -hmm. and at 8%, you're going to have nine hundred and fifty-one thousand dollars, nine hundred three times over three times, three times what you put yeah. in. Not bad. You're almost at a million bucks at mm -hmm. age sixty-five. Now here's the kicker, and this is going to wake you up. If you'd started five years earlier at age thirty-five, mm -hmm. you would have put in an extra sixty thousand, so three hundred sixty thousand. But it's now growing to one million five hundred thousand. Wow. A difference of five hundred and forty-nine thousand mm -hmm. dollars for that sixty thousand dollar commitment. Start early. Huge. And it's, mm -hmm. so the, you think about the mistakes in life, right? Not getting serious about your saving is so key because mm -hmm. every single year is a phenomenal cost to you. So just by de delaying five years mm -hmm. from 35 to 40, you, you shaved off $550,000 off of your future savings. Yeah. So can't stress that enough. Number two is tax savings. So you get a big kick, right? Mm -hmm. Right out of the guy, out of the gate, you put some money in, you're going to get some money back and that's nice. And everybody mm -hmm. enjoys that. So 18% of your earned income. So typically your salary, et cetera, can go into an RRSP. So if you earned a hundred thousand dollars, you can put 18 grand into mm -hmm. your plan. And so roughly 1500 a month. Now, the nice thing is that that puts you in a marginal tax bracket. I don't know if it's a nice thing, but at 43.4% in Ontario, you're going to save eight grand. Yeah. So you're actually only having to shell out 800 a month, really after mm -hmm. tax mm -hmm. to get 18,000, 10 grand to yeah. get 18,000 working for you. Again, what a fantastic tool to build savings and sort of force savings. Um, a couple of other things. Number uh, three, the first time home buyers plan mm -hmm. has now been expanded up to $35,000. So you can put in 35, you can use 35 grand, take out 35 grand towards your home down payment. And then you have a scheduled repayment strategy, which you have to give back at over 15 years that has to be repaid back. So, but it does typically for a lot of people, if it's the difference between having a high ratio mortgage or a higher um, in, uh, insurance for a high ratio mortgage, it saves you money oh, for yeah, sure. Yeah. The trick is you want to get it back as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's never easy when you're a first time home buyer. So you might start off slow, just the regular scheduled pay repayments, but eventually then you can accelerate that mm -hmm. and get the money back in there. And the second one, which I touched on earlier, number four, and in terms of my, my bucket list here on big bang for your buck is 20 grand for education. So you can pull out 20 grand without any tax implications and the same schedule applies as the home buyer's plan. So right. you now have to pay it back over 15 years. So let's just take an example. Let's say you're 65, you've just retired, you've got money in your RRSP plan. You're thinking, should I convert it to a RIF? What do I do? Remember I mentioned you get discount uh, yeah. tuition. Mm. Now you can enroll in a program, take 20 grand out of your RRSP tax-free if you needed to pay for those low tuitions or extra costs, et cetera. And, uh, 
instead of paying it back, you can just ignore the repayments. Mm. You don't even have to pay it back. Yeah, yeah. And what will get included is one fifteenth of the twenty grand yeah. each year will just be included in your tax, income. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. You never have to pay it back. You just got twenty grand out of your plan, tax free. Um, well, virtually tax-free. You're, you're, you're deferring the tax, I guess, is the key thing. Um, number five is pack, 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 dollar cost averaging. Get it, get it set up on a monthly system. Automate it, automate it, automate it. Mm-hmm. How difficult it can be to come up with a lump sum at yeah. the end of the year or at any time in the year to try and top up your RRSP. And that takes us to number six, which is RRSP loans. And these are great for top-ups. And typically, uh, the way I like to structure these and use my example, that individual who wanted to put 18000 into their plan, if they put 10000 in and borrowed eight, mm-hmm. well, guess what? Their refund's eight. Yeah. So now they can just turn around within probably a month, uh, mm-hmm. get their money back, pay off the loan, have paid very little in interest, yeah. but now they have eighteen grand working for them. So RSP loans can make a lot of sense. I don't like the big extended long-term ones where you're paying it back over two or three years. Yeah. Again, a one-year sort of pay payback. And eventually you want to get off that cycle and just bump up your monthly mm-hmm. pre-authorized contribution. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six is age 71. If you're turning age 71 this year in 2020, this is your final year that you can contribute to an RSP. So if you'd been doing some work or part-time stuff, you have a little bit of room, you can put it in, but you don't need to deduct it. You can save the deduction for a future year. You're at 75 and you decide to cash in some investments. You have a capital gain. You want a little deduction to offset some of that. You can take advantage of it then down the road. Number seven is the spousal RRSP, which is still great for income splitting. So if you make more money than your spouse or and you have a or perhaps a, a great pension plan and your spouse doesn't, Every RSP contribution should be shifted into their name, the lower income person's mm-hmm. name. So later on down the road, you have some flexibility in terms of income splitting. When that money comes out, it's going to be taxed at a lower rate. Right. All right. So, um, and finally, I guess the other thing I would say is if you're in a low income, if you're a low income or less than 44000 you probably shouldn't think about RRSPs just because you're in the lowest tax bracket anyway. anyway yeah. Go the TFSA route. You can put 69500 into those plans as a lump sum or any amount on a monthly basis. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. We're coming right back. We are planning our financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from IG Private Wealth Management. Call now. Leave a message. They will get back to you at 905-529-7165. And don't forget about the website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. That is all one word. All right. We're into 2020. We're looking back at 2019 predictions to see if they're true or not. You know what's so funny about predictions is I never hear anybody come back saying, you know what, that prediction I made last year was wrong. Well, the only the ones that are right yeah. tell you. They, they come back and say, see, yeah, yeah, I yeah. told you this would happen. Yeah. I'm so good. So I, I went back and I I Googled, I think, okay, what, what did they predict January 1st a year ago mm-hmm. on how 2019 would fare? Now that we have it in, in hindsight, we can tell exactly what happened in 2019, yeah. see how they fared. Because these are experts. Mm-hmm. These are people that work for major institutions and you know economists etc and they have all the data and they're making what they feel are very good predictions so we'll start with uh one that came from rbc um they expected global growth to slow in 2019 interest rates will go up inflation will rise and u.s business cycles in the late stage so play pay close attention meaning you might start seeing markets to start to drop well those Mm. are like three x's Yes. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> and, and how long, uh, how many years in a row the past few years could you have said that? 
Oh yeah, you keep saying years. it, and it hasn't happened. Once <laughs> they, once they get it right, they're going to say, "Look." <laughs> so there was a lot of uh, a lot of people thinking rates were continue to rise, and they didn't. Uh, no. They actually turned right around, went down. Yeah. Inflation did not rise. It, it pretty much stayed the same. It didn't really went up and then back down a bit. It didn't do too much. Um, global global growth was con- doing well, about the same, if not a little bit better. And certainly the U.S. business cycle uh, continued to expand. So yeah, lots of wrong on that predi- on those predictions. So let's go over to a, a, another bank and said BMO, uh, somebody at the BMO bank said, uh, um, Bank Montreal that is, said a recession is a few years away. Fundament- fundamentals are still looking very good. Um, so he's very optimistic this yeah. one. And Canadian stocks could do ex- um, surprisingly well in 2019. Mm. And so he was very bullish, meaning um, thinking things will continue to do well. Mm-hmm. As it turns out, he was bang on. Um, the recession did not hit. Mm-hmm. Um, fundamentals continue to do well, and the uh, Canadian stock market did do quite well last year. What about the cyclical recession? Because that's why this is coming up again, because it's time for one, whether the conditions are right or not. Is the, are we just, is there bound to another, is another one bound to happen? Is this a cyclical thing? It's bound to happen, but nobody knows when. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and as we had a, a guest speaker here, uh, Bill Tornis, a, a few months back, he said, you know, bull markets do not die of old age. Yeah. There is a reason that something happens. Right, yeah. Something actually s- triggers it. Triggers yeah. it, perhaps. And and I know the China, the China tariffs yeah. were one concern last year, and it turned out that wasn't enough to do it. So then they looked at uh, um, this other Lester Asset Management Company. Um, they, he, he or they said that uh, markets are at, a new, at an all-time high. Okay, Interest rates will go up. Indexes will not do well. You need active management. You got to hit the right stocks because, generally speaking, the overall markets will not do well. So you need active management management in order to make money. And consumer staples, utility, and telecoms will go up, but resources and financials will go down. So he's actually very specific. Um, and this is a U.S. one. Well, interesting enough, the top performing one was financials. Mm. Okay, did 34% last year. Um, so he was wrong on that one, but he was right on resources because it was the worst area. It was minus 5%. Okay. But as it turned out, all the other ones uh, were incorrect. Mm-hmm. And uh, so had you followed him exactly, you'd have taken your money out of the market and maybe had some proper stock picking. And again, even that's very risky. So then they said, okay, what about the hedge fund managers? That's what they get paid for. So the hedge fund manager said there will be a significant stock market correction across all markets in 2019. 20% or more, have, wow. ca- have cash and buy low. Whoops. No, not even close. Mm. So if you went to cash last year, you missed on, by the way, the best stock market conditions since 2013. Mm. The best one since six years ago. So if you sat there and tried to time this saying, I'm going to have cash ready, you missed out on 20 plus percent returns last year. And then again, Golden Sachs, another great one, said stock markets should do about 7%. So at least he said it was positive. Um, and could be worse though if tariffs, if there's more tariffs, right. which there were. Yeah. So I expect the tariffs to have a bigger um, impact. Have cash. It will be choppy with a recession likely in 2020. By the way, the second half of, this, of the year will slow to a crawl. Mm. By the way, the second half of the year was phenomenal. Mm. <laughs> okay. So again, five predictions, four were wrong. One was pretty good. Okay, so at the end of the day, predictions are what are really tough. Yeah. 
And now I'm hearing, here we are in January, and we're starting to say, just like you said, Scott, well, market's all-time high. What do we do now? Maybe it's a recession year. Well, again, these are very similar to what we just heard from 2019. So the S&P, so if you actually look back at 2019, the S&P in Canadian dollars was up 26%. Canada was up about 26%, about the same. Europe was up 29%. Emerging markets didn't do quite as well, 13%. And uh, if you happen to say, okay, I'm going to be more conservative, you could have put it in T-bills at 1.7%. So you would have missed out on mid 20% returns, um, at least 20% by taking it out of the market. And this is what uh, what happens in general, and we've talked about this many times, is the average investor that tries to get in and out of the market, trying to time the market, will end up killing their returns. And they end up with a far worse performance, and this has been done study after study through Dalbar and Independent. And the average return in the last uh, 20 years for the average investor has been 3.88%, even though the market has done 9%, mm. because of trying to time the market. So I... As we we can't it's say the bar this soap enough. analogy. The more you touch it, the smaller it gets. I love and I love that analogy. That's great. So at the end of the day, <laughs> markets do climb a wall of worry, but just keep stick with the plan and you'll do far better. We have been planning our financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here, have been here from IG Private Wealth Management. You can call them after they leave, 905-529-7165. Leave a message. They will return your call. And don't forget to check out their website at andyanddon.com. There you can listen to old archive shows and as well ask a question via the listener inquiry button. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, we'll Scott. See you next week. Bye now.